0: is truly, it has stood the test of time. Science cannot disprove it, but it has proved to be true by science many times. It it has been sought to be destroyed. It has tried to be banned. People have tried to ban it and burn it, but it stands the test of time, and it works for the people who choose to search it out and to apply it to their lives. It's here, but you have to take it. You've got to read it. You as a believer ought to be in the habit of reading your Bible every single day. No excuses. I'm sorry. There are no excuses. You say, do you do it every single day? Yes, I do. There are times, very few... That I don't. But even then. God is not going to abandon me or forsake me. But a believer ought to be reading their Bible every day. You say I don't have time. Turn the TV off. I don't have time. Put that device down. I don't have time. Hang up the phone. You do have time to read the Bible. You know what you do? You make time for what's important. Amen. You make time. And sometimes, like we talked about last week, sometimes it's, it's more of a discipline and a duty because I know I need to. I don't always feel. I don't always get the feels. You know what I'm talking about? But I want to go to God's word. I say that about Sunday morning church. How many of you, I won't take a poll this morning, but just think in your mind, how many of you really felt like being here today? I imagine if we took a poll, we'd probably have it half and half. Half of y'all said, Yeah, I really was excited about coming today. And some of you said, Well, I wasn't so excited, but it's Sunday and I'm a member and I need to go. You don't think the pastor ever has those Sundays? You bet I do. I don't have a choice, though. I gotta be here. But I sit over there sometimes and and I'm maybe distracted when I walk in, but after the time of worship and praise, and it just the Lord just kind of Puts the focus back on him in my life. And I leave here completely. That's the way I approach the Bible sometimes. Sometimes it's not, oh, I just can't wait to read my Bible. Sometimes it's, Lord, I'm making time today for you. Because I know I need you. I can't do this without you. I need your direction. I need your wisdom. I don't feel like it today. I feel rushed. As a matter of fact, I feel hurried, but I've got to stop. I need to. And I'll open the Bible. And I take my, my everyday reading Bible, read the Bible through Bible that I use every day. And then God always speaks to me. Always. And I go, Lord, why did I, why did I not feel like doing this? I get so much joy and pleasure from hearing you talk to me. And speaking to my life about what's going on in my life, why, why would I not feel like that? And, and yes, it, God will speak to you as often as you want Him to. Why would we read the Bible? Because I want to be with God. I want to know the God that I call mine. That's why I read the Bible. It's, it's really more for relationship than it is for a religious ritual. In fact, if it's just a religious ritual, it can be meaningless. But it's for a relationship. I want to hear what God has to say to me. And I, don't, I, don't, I can't ever remember hearing God vibrate my eardrums audibly. Oh, but I cannot count the ways I know God has spoken clearly, undoubtedly to me. Because I give him time to. I want to be with him. I want to know him. Yeah, there are times I need answers to life's problems. You say, sometimes in another concern that I have is is that people don't think that the Bible answers practical problems in everyday life. Then why are you even a Christian if that's what you believe? If God's word is not practical and relevant, then your faith is impractical and irrelevant. What is your faith in? It is in God and his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing how? By the word of God. How did you get saved? It was by the Word of God speaking to your heart. It's what drew you. This Bible has practical wisdom for life's challenges and problems. But if you don't look for it, you ain't going to find it. It ain't just going to go, poing, oh yeah. Didn't 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 12 say? Well, you won't know that if you don't ever read it. You know how the Holy Spirit works? Jesus told us how the Holy Spirit works. He said, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He will remind you of all things that I have what, spoken to you. What's the word? The Holy Spirit will do what? Remind you. How can he remind you of something you never knew in the first place? You've got to read it. I read it every day and I underline and I highlight and I pray through it. And and I hate to close it because I think, God, I'm going to forget it. I don't want to forget it. I, I wish I could memorize all these things that I'm hearing you speak to me. But I say, Lord, as I close it, I trust you that when I need that word, you will remind me of it. You'll bring it back when I need it. He has guidance in decision making. This book will give you guidance in any decision you're facing. Some of you are facing some major decisions in your life right now. Have you consulted the Word of God? Have you sought it out? Well, you know, I don't know where to look. How does God know about finances? What does God have to say about that? What, how, how does God know about this particular incident? Well, if you will read the Bible. In fact, if you'll be in a routine habit of reading your Bible through every year, it's funny how you know kind of where to look. But even if you don't, a good Bible concordance will help you look up some of the things in practical wisdom. Proverbs is full of practical wisdom. It will give you life principles to follow that go with us every day. I want to listen to God. Judah. The nation of Judah got in deep trouble. God was a Fed up with them. They were his people. We're talking about the southern kingdom of Israel here. They were his people. He loved them dearly. And he gave them his word. He gave them his law. And he told them how to live. And told them what he expected, expected of them. But, but Judah just chose to do their own thing. Go their own way. God... You know, we've heard this all of our lives. The Ten Commandments, the ceremonial laws, and the rituals and things you want us to do. Lord, we've heard that. We're, you know, we're just kind of tired. We live in a modern era. Things are different, Lord, than they were when you gave that to Moses. You know, culture's changed. We think we can handle this. And then God had to bring them down and oppressed them with wicked nations and even wicked rulers one day God blessed them though even though they didn't ask for it God gave them a good BG how old are you? is he gone? where's BG? how old is BG? huh? There was a little boy by the name of Josiah who was BG's age who became king of Judah one day. Can you imagine Ben and Elizabeth BG becoming king one day? <laughs> <laughs> a little eight-year-old boy named Josiah, God blessed Judah with that king. He didn't know what he was doing probably. But it says he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And he walked in all the ways of his ancestor David. He didn't turn aside from the right or to the left. When he was in his 18th year. So that means that he was about 26 years old. He told them to go uh, to the temple. And start, you know, cleaning up and counting the money and doing things well. While they were doing that, uh, Hilkiah, the high priest, and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan and he read it and um, then he brought it to the king. And it says in verse 12, uh, verse 10, Shaphan the scribe showed the king saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book and he read it before the king. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the book of the law that he tore his clothes. And he, the king commanded Hilkiah, the priest, Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, Achbor, the son of Micaiah, and all these other people, that it's hard to pronounce their names, said, Go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people, and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us. Because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. What had happened in that day, in that time, and before that time was the people of God had neglected the word of God. They even forgot there was such a thing. And if you don't think that can happen again, it can. And I want to ask you, where is your Bible? Where is it in your household? Are you reading it? Is it a busy book? Is it as busy as the television? Is it as busy as the device that you have in your lap? Is it as busy as your computer? Is it as busy as your telephone? Is it a busy book in your life? You see, the people of God today are forgetting the Word of God, just like they did in the times of of Josiah. And they lost their Bible. They lost the Word of God. And how were they living if they weren't living by the Word of God? Let's say, I know where my Bible's at. I do read it, but listen, not the reason that they had lost the word of God is because they considered it irrelevant in their lives. And that's what's happening in the church today is considered irrelevant. You won't hear a whole lot of preaching necessarily in some churches. I'm told I don't ever go, but people tell me all the time, brother Lee, it's amazing. We go to these churches and we don't hear the word of God being preached. What are you preaching then? What are they preaching then? but it's a testimony of what's going on in even the homes of godly people or so-called godly people, Christian people. Where is the Bible? Does it hold centrality in your heart and in your home and in your life? And what happens here is they forgot it. They considered it irrelevant. And God was about to bring great discipline upon them. But in chapter 23, Josiah Chapter 22 and 23 of 2 Kings, Josiah humbled himself before the Lord. And because God saw that his heart was tender and he humbled himself, that God was going to spare that nation during his reign. And the king says, went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah, with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. Then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in this book. And all the people took a stand for the covenant. They made a covenant with God and with one another that they were going to obey the word of God. And the king had read it to them. And you can keep reading of the great reforms of Josiah's day, the great revival that took place in Josiah's day because Josiah led the nation back to the word of God. You cannot have revival. You cannot be right with God and not have the word of God as a daily feeding time. You cannot. It is impossible. Don't fool yourself. Don't let the devil fool yourself that you're an obedient Christian if you're not living with this word and by this word. If I want to seek God with all my heart, I got to listen to him. How do I listen to him? This is the primary way you hear from God. In Second Chronicles chapter 31, another king. God blessed Israel with another godly king. His name was Hezekiah. Second Chronicles chapter 31 verses 20 and 21 say this. Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began, in the service of the house of God, in the law and in the commandment, to seek his God, he did it with all his heart. There's a phrase after that. But I want you to hear what he did first again. He did what was good and right and true before the Lord is God. In every work, everything he did, everything he did, he didn't compartmentalize his life. Well, I've got school here. I've got sports here. I've got home here. I've got um, leisure time here. I've got entertainment here. And then I've got church here and God here. That's not what he did. And that's what so many Christians are doing. They're compartmentalizing their lives. And God's only a part of their life. He's not their whole life. You see, to seek God with your whole life, the very first message in this series about seeking God, we looked at five or six different scriptures where it says, God is our life. Christ is our life. In him we live and move and have our being. He's everything or he is nothing. And Hezekiah, every work He sought his God with all his heart. And here's the last phrase. So he prospered. So he prospered. What does that tell you? If you want to prosper, not financially. He's not talking about money and wealth, although God could do that for you. He did it for Solomon. He did it for others. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about giving you the right direction for your life. Helping you make wise decisions. Helping your life to glorify him. And yes, you will find that life will be much better for you right here in this world when you follow the word of God. Read, study, search his word. And you will prosper. As we close... I wonder if I could, as Josiah did, ask you to make a covenant today, a covenant, a commitment, a heart commitment. to the Word of God, afresh and anew. You see, I know there are people here today who love the Word of God. Some of you here today, this book is very central and you're walking with the Lord. But for some of you, it is not. But for all of us, we can renew our commitment, our covenant to the Lord. It's hard to separate God from His Word. I don't worship the Bible. I worship the God of the Bible. But the God of the Bible and the Bible, the Word of God, can hardly be separated. So much so that when Jesus came to earth, one disciple called Jesus the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, what? Was God. This is not God. Jesus Christ manifested himself in the human flesh. And he was the living expression of the Word of God. and The Bible says we are being conformed to the image of God's Son Jesus Christ. You cannot be conformed to the image of Christ without being conformed to the Word of God because Jesus is the living Word. So I'm going to ask you this morning if you would do what the people of Judah did in 2 Kings 23 take a stand for the covenant. All of us here today would say you know what? My commitment to God and his word is not what it ought to be. Even mine is not what it ought to be. But I'm going to make a stand on this covenant with God. I'm going to commit myself to follow the Lord. I'm reading right out of the Bible. I'm going to covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord, to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all my heart and all my soul. And with God's help to perform the words of this covenant that are written in this book, I wonder if we could pray that and ask the Lord to help us to be a people of the word of God and to take a stand for the covenant. And then that means that today we've got to get in the word of God. That means this afternoon, this evening, tomorrow, we've got to be in the word of God. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day, we've got to be in the word of God. Did you know one uh, definition of the word keep in the old Testament, as well as the new Is not simply obey because he repeats keep and um, obey and different alternates those words. You know, one definition of keep is keep it before you. Keep it before your eyes. There's something to be said about how the word of God is infused in the human soul and spirit through the eyes and through the ears. Hearing it read. The king read it. And it led them to make this covenant. Reading it yourself, even out loud. There's something to be said for the power of the Word of God because it is sharper than any two edged sword and is able to divide asunder of soul and spirit and discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. But the sword must have its way in your life. And to do so, it must be opened, it must be used, it must be read, it must be studied. And then God just begins to assimilate his life into your life. But he won't do that apart from his word. You won't know God apart from his word. I don't care who you are. You won't know God apart from his word. Could we today? Would you? Would you bow your heads with me? And I'm going to read right out of the word of God. And we're going to pray this back to the Lord. I'm going to ask us to pray it out loud as we're accountable to God and we're accountable to one another. I know there's some hesitation on your part. Because I know how the human brain thinks, because I am one. If I say this and if I pray this, then what if I can't do it? Well, thank God if you're saved, you're not depending just upon yourself. And if you are, you truly will fail. But you're depending on the grace and the power of God, the Holy Spirit working within you, both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Commitments are the stepping stones to spiritual growth. You'll make this commitment, this covenant, you'll find a, a deeper desire. So I'm going to ask you to pray this with me. Dear Lord God, I covenant to follow you to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes with all my heart, with all my soul. And by your grace, to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book. Today, I'm taking a stand for the covenant of the Word of God. Help me, Lord Jesus. Father, you've heard our words. I believe it is the desire of those who spoke them to live these words out. But, Lord, we need your strength. We need your grace. We need your power. And you indwell in us. And I pray that you'd remind us of this covenant that we made here before you and before one another. That you'd remind us of it today. Remind us tomorrow and the next day and every day after. And I thank you for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to do something else take your Bibles and open it to the cover of your Bible the inside cover or the, or the back cover either one and I want you to write 2 Kings 23 verse 3 and make a notation I made a covenant with the Lord based on 2 Kings 23 verse 3 Put it in the flyleaf of your Bible or write it on your bulletin and write it in your reading Bible when you get home or something, but record that covenant you made with the Lord today. Listen, we're not perfect and I'm not perfect. We're not always promise keepers or covenant keepers, but our God is a covenant keeping, promise keeping God. And if you fail one day in keeping that covenant that's okay in the sense that you just go back to God and say Lord I know I made that covenant I'm renewing it again today you're not forsaken you're not forgotten you start again the next, that next day because what the devil will do is well I missed it I blew it and now I might as well just go back to the old way I was. That's the way the devil wants you to think. Don't do that. Record that covenant. Remind yourself of it. And ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of it every day. You know, there may be somebody here today that needs to make another type of commitment. A commitment to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God. We want to give you that opportunity to do so. To make that covenant with him. Of entering into a relationship with him. Being saved. Having your sins forgiven. And entering into a wonderful eternal life with him. And if that's your desire, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond. Could be that you're looking for a church home and God's put on your heart. This is where I want to belong. I want to be a part of this church family. I want to serve the Lord with this church family. And if that's what your heart is, then you come and make that decision known. Or if you just need somebody to pray with you, or you need to come kneel at this altar and pray, you do what God's leading you to do. We're going to stand, we're going to sing, and we're going to respond. And